Sports teams that go undefeated are the stuff of legends. For example, the 1972 Miami Dolphins are the only team in NFL history to play an entire season with a perfect win-loss record. Impressively, the 72 Dolphins posted a 17-0 record and won the Super Bowl. But what does it take to live an undefeated life? One that triumphs over troubles, soars above every struggle, and overcomes the deadly sins that drag you down. Vicious vices like pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed must be defeated and replaced by heavenly virtues like humility, patience, purity, and more. Jesus is the undefeated one who makes us more than conquerors and helps us live an undefeated life. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. The greatest threats to the victorious Christian life are the world, the flesh, and the devil. But because of Christ, we are already more than conquerors over all three. Hi, and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. While you may not always feel like a conqueror, but you are. Today, Ron shares the biblical proof for that claim, reminding us of who and what we are in Christ. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Here's Ron with part two of his message, More Than Conquerors. When Jesus died on the cross, there are seven last words that he said. I believe the sixth one, he says, it is finished. It was a victory cry. He wasn't saying, I am finished. Oh, they got me. No, I fulfilled the purpose for which the Father brought me. My death upon the cross and subsequent resurrection is a victory cry. It's why we sing, oh, victory in Jesus. It's why the Apostle Paul declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, oh, death, let alone defeat, oh, death, where is your sting? And what I hope happens during this series is that even in the midst of the trials and the troubles and the tribulations we're experiencing as a church, as a city, as a nation, as a world in the midst of, uh, well, the long list of troubles that Paul mentions in Romans chapter 8. You know, you could put in the coronavirus, right? He lists famine and nakedness and danger and sword, sword and distress and persecution. Uh, how about pestilence and viruses and all that? No, we are more than conquerors. We are champions in Christ. And it begs the question, how are we going to come out of this? My wife sent um, me and the kids something this week. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was talking about what lockdown can produce. You're either going to become, let's see if I remember this, uh, a chunk, a hunk, a monk, or a drunk. You know, one of those four things. That's what lockdown will do for you. Now, let, let's come out of this declaring our victory in Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors. And learning how, once again, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, to overcome the deadly sins that drag us down, which brings me to number two. We are not only more than conquerors over the troubles of life, but we are more than conquerors over the sin that entangles us. Now we're back to that list. Maybe you're already thinking of one. 
pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed. Are the vicious vices more a description of who you are or the heavenly virtues? Okay? How do we live out the fact that we are more than conquerors over not just the troubles of life, but the temptations of life, over the sin that does so easily beset us and entangle us? Now I'm in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Go there with me for a moment. Hebrews uh, chapter 12. And the writer of Hebrews says, uh, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love these verses. They're some of my favorite. Because the writer of Hebrews pictures believers in Jesus Christ as athletes running a race. And he says we, we have this cloud of witnesses around us. Picture believers in Jesus Christ, you know, up in the stands, so to speak, those that have gone on to be with the Lord, watching the race below. And they're watching you. They're watching me. We're running in this race. And, and the writer of Hebrews says, lay aside every weight. It's the picture of a, a runner in, in the Olympics. Um, you see them taking off their warm-ups before they, they get ready to run. Uh, it would be foolish for them to run in their warm-ups. You know, they want to be as light and as free as possible. He says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. That sin which entangles us. Another translation says, the sin that does so easily beset us. I've given you a list of seven. Pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed. Any of that tripping you up these days? making you feel more defeated than undefeated? Well, it's time to be a heavenly race runner and learn how to be more than conquerors over the sin that does so easily, easily entangle us. You know, there's a weariness that comes over us, isn't it, during the, the trials and the troubles of life? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of coronavirus weary. Um, I'm a little weary of Zoom calls right now. I love the technology, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a little weary. I need some human connection beyond just my family, and we've been doing great, and I hope you have been as well. But uh, there, there's just a weariness in the trials and the tribulation of life. There's a weariness in the struggle with sin. Have you noticed that as a believer? Are you tired of being tired about pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, or greed getting the best of you? Well, you've come to a good place because uh, God is in the business of moving us from, from weariness to wellness. We learned that from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 where it says, those who wait upon the Lord, those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Again, maybe, maybe a picture of runners and walkers in a race. God has more than enough strength to overcome the weariness in your soul, the weariness in the battle with the trials and tribulations of life, the weariness in the battle 
with sin. Some of you are fighting a very private sin with pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, or greed. And it's just a battle for you. How do, how do you become and live out the fact that you are more than a conqueror? Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, More Than Conquerors. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime and find out more about the ministry to ask our ministry team to pray for you or to order selected resources from our online store. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library and pastor. As you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, my relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a, a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. You can give over the phone by calling our offices, the number 757-276-1099, or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, More Than Conquerors. Let's go a little bit deeper into the New Testament. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 14. I write to you fathers, says the Apostle John, because, listen to this, 
you have overcome the evil one. That's past tense. That's who you are in Christ. You don't aspire to be an overcomer, a Nikon. You are an overcomer. You have overcome the evil one. The greatest enemy to us in any given day is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we're right there in the battle every day. But we are overcomers because of the victory that Jesus won for us. The challenge is shortening the distance between who we are in Christ more than conquerors and our everyday present reality and bringing closeness to those, shortening the gap there. First John chapter 5 and verse 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Have you been born again? I know you were born physically, but have you been born spiritually? Remember, when Adam sinned, he died. He died spiritually, which means his sin separated him from God. That means when you're born physically into this world, you're physically alive but spiritually dead because your sins have separated you from God. You have a sin nature. I have a sin nature. But Jesus said you must be born again. John refers to those who have been born of God. Have you been born again? Has, has the spiritual you that was dead upon arrival when you were born into this world, has it been given life through the life-giving power of Jesus Christ? John goes on to say, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How do you become a Christian? Well, by grace and through faith. How do you live the victorious Christian life? <laughs> it's going to be by grace and through faith. Albeit, Peter says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. It's going to take some holy sweat in partnership with the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us as believers. Okay? You have a part to play in that. But this is the victory that has Nikoned the world. It's faith. Not faith in faith, not faith in your best effort, not faith in, you know, something else, but faith, overcoming faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me quickly just go to one more place that I think is just full of encouragement for us as we get started in this series, and that's Revelation chapters 2 and 3. And I'm going to have to talk fast, and you're going to have to listen fast if we're going to land this plane in a timely way. But Revelation 2 and 3 contains the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. I visited those ancient ruins years ago. They're along the western coast of modern-day Turkey. We're talking about Ephesus and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and places like that. John the Apostle records letters from Jesus to these early churches. And they have a similar pattern to them, as many letters do. And they always uh, give an encouragement to the conquerors, to the overcomers. Revelation chapter 2, uh, beginning in uh, uh, verse 7, the letter to the church in Ephesus. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the paradise. In other words, conquerors will eat from the tree of life. How cool is that? Now we've come full circle. We started in Genesis, in paradise with Adam. Oh, we live in paradise lost, but God's great goal, his, his intention is never that we would experience death or defeat, and his goal through the purpose of Jesus Christ is to bring us to victory and to paradise again. 
Your future and my future in Jesus Christ is, is to eat from the tree of life again in paradise. Secondly, conquerors will escape the second death. Now the letter to the church in Smyrna, Revelation chapter um, 2 and verse 11, the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. The second death in the Bible is that separation from God forever in a place called hell. And if you've not been born again, that's your eternal destiny. But the good news is it doesn't have to be. By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can escape the second death. Number three, conquerors will feast and fellowship with Jesus. Chapter 2 and verse 17, the letter to the church in Pergamum, to the one who conquers... I will give him some of the hidden manna. How interesting is that? Manna was that bread they ate in the Old Testament. And I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. This is to the one who conquers. This is to the one who is an overcomer. We'll feast, we'll fellowship with Jesus, and we'll do so out of our, with this white stone, a picture of our new identity in Christ, okay? Number four, conquerors will rule the nations with authority. Chapter 2, now the letter to the church in Thyatira, verse 26, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give, listen to this, authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. Jesus left this earth saying to the disciples, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Sounds like he's going to share some of that authority with us in heaven. What does it mean that conquerors and overcomers will rule the nations with authority? I'm intrigued by that. Number five, conquerors are secure in their eternal destiny. Chapter 3 and verse 5, the letter to the church in Sardis, to the one who conquers, he will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. You ever wonder if you're going to lose your salvation? No, you're not. He'll never blot your name out of the book of life. You're more than conquerors. You, you're, 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 you're in the victory circle. You're, you're the champion in Christ. You're secure in your eternal destiny. Number six, conquerors will remain strong in God's presence. Chapter 3, verse 12, this is the letter to the church in Philadelphia. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. It's real interesting as Catherine and I have traveled the ancient world and been to some of the ancient ruins, oftentimes you go to a place and the only thing that's left is a pillar, a pillar from some large structure, maybe a temple or something else, because the pillar is, is one of the strongest and, and most massive pieces in the building. And John here compares the conquerors and the overcomers in Christ as uh, Pillars in God's temple will remain strong in his presence. And then finally, conquerors <laughs> will sit with Jesus on his throne. The church in Laodicea, the letter to them, chapter 3, verse 21, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, Jesus says, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Uh, that, that just blows me away. What exactly does that mean? I'll sit on the throne with Jesus. But this is meant to 
encourage us, to give us some sense of who we are in Christ and how we will live out our identity in Christ through all of eternity as more than conquerors. What we want to do during this series is to make that a present reality, that we are conquering and overcoming the deadly sins that drag us down, that we're triumphing over troubles, soaring above every struggle, and saying once and for all to pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed, you didn't have a chance against me. It wasn't even a contest. I beat you 56 to nothing because of who I am in Jesus Christ. And at the end of this time, my prayer is that every one of us will be singing over and over again, oh, victory in Jesus. Oh, victory in Jesus. Say that with me, wherever you are. Oh, victory in Jesus, because we are more than conquerors. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, More Than Conquerors. Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. And Ron, today you said that we are saved by grace through faith and also that we are sanctified by grace through faith. Some people may not think of it that way, but it really is true, isn't it? Absolutely it is, Brian, but that's a great question because I think sometimes we're tempted to think a little differently. Some may think we're saved by grace through faith, but once we're saved, then we have to work hard to earn our sanctification, as if we have to go out there into the world and by an act of our sheer willpower, stop doing all the things we shouldn't do and start doing all the things we should do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we have no responsibility at all in our sanctification. No, our works demonstrate our faith to others and that is critical in helping us lead others to the same faith we already have. So that, too, is an essential part of our role here on earth as ambassadors for Christ. I'm simply saying that faith and grace work together in our own personal sanctification process in much the same way they do when we become saved. So the question becomes, what does it mean to live by faith as a believer? Let me quickly share a few examples. First, live by the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It also tells us that all Scripture is useful for training and instruction, which are critical components in our spiritual growth or sanctification. A person living by faith will consistently spend time listening to and talking to the author of our faith. Second, consider things as having already happened. The Bible tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm not talking about a name-it-and-claim-it style of living or faith. I'm talking about, for example, looking at the covenant promises of God and being so confident they will come to pass that you begin thinking and acting as if they've already taken place. And finally, in the interest of time, because there are other examples, obey God in the small things. We tend to have faith in the big things, Brian, the big decisions. But it's only when we obey God in the next small thing he puts in front of us that he begins to give us opportunities for bigger things. 
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts from today's message, More Than Conquerors. Well, as usual, Ron, the clock is winding down here. So quickly, what can you tell us about tomorrow's message as you move ahead in your teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down? Brian, as I've mentioned, there are seven deadly sins. And it's not an accident that the first one listed is pride. Every sin is, in fact, rooted in pride. When we steal, for example, we're taking something we want, that's selfishness, but at a deeper level, we're also saying that our needs are more important than the needs of the person from whom we're stealing, and that is pride. So as I get into the first of the deadly sins, I'm hoping not merely to define it, but to help us overcome it. As Andrew Murray once said, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. That's where we're headed next time in our current series, Undefeated. That's next time in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Defeating Pride. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.